Yeah. So, how is uh, how's it been? How how are things with the the inner fire and all that fun stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a journey this summer, man. Because um, in some ways, we've been reinventing uh, just what that podcast, uh, what the community for it looks like, and then on a personal level. You know, welcoming a new child into the world throws your personal life into an inner fire of sorts, too. So uh, it's it's been kind of a crucible, but a lot of really good stuff, obviously, too. So, uh, yeah, it's um, I, I don't even know where to start with all of it, honestly, because it's it's definitely felt like a lot. Maybe that's the place to start is that when there are so many moving parts, it's tough to get your bearings straight. Yeah. And and that's been something that. You know, when, when our daughter was born, I, I did the dumb thing. I started a business. <laughs> and it was, so it was like, oh yeah, I don't have sleep. Let's make really long life decisions. At least you got something to do <laughs> while you can't sleep. Right. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that, that was the thing. Everyone was telling you, you know, try to get sleep while you're, you know, when the baby's sleeping, you should be sleeping. It was like, no, I, I can't sleep. It doesn't really work. It doesn't that way. always. At yeah. some point, you get so exhausted that you can't help but sleep while they're asleep, but it takes a while to get there, and then your body kicks into some weird overdrive, and you never quite get it back, but that's okay. I definitely get that. Let's uh, let's do this. Just because we are recording and we're hoping to, to make a podcast episode of this, uh, why don't you let everyone know a little bit about who you are and, and what you sure. do? Sure. Yeah. My name is Andrew. And I live in Colorado Springs, in the center of America, God's country, some might say, because we're about as close as you get to the Rockies without actually being in them. So the view from pretty much everywhere in town is just insane. Um, and I do. I run a podcast called The Happy Hearthstone, which is the longest running Hearthstone podcast. It's a very community-centric uh, podcast. They're Obviously, like more podcasts today than ever before, but one of the things that I love that's really unique about it, which actually you and I share, KJ, is kind of the format that uh, I'm the only uh, concurrent host on the show, and then I uh, I get a bunch of different people from the community to come on and get a bunch of, for the sake of very different perspectives. So that's, that's one big thing I think we have in common for the conversations that we're creating and stuff. Mine is really an open invitation for anybody who just enjoys the game and wants to have a conversation about something around it. And so we get people who have never been on a podcast or gotten behind a mic professionally or even semi-professionally. I don't know if we can call it professionally, but... Um, but yeah, so it's a, uh, it, it very much is like a, just get people together, get very different perspectives and talk about, uh, the one thing that we all have in common, uh, which is, which is that game. And then in my, uh, full-time job, I do digital marketing for a book and curriculum publisher here in town. And I've been, I, I've been technically a digital marketer for just over two years now. 
Um, before that, I actually have a ministry background. I worked for churches and different ministries across the country and ended up in roles where I did a lot of communication things because communications kind of always been my forte. And that ended up uh, taking forms of writing emails or doing social media and stuff like that. So uh, when we were moving back to Colorado, uh, I saw this role for a digital marketer and thought, well, I kind of have done that. And they were willing to take a chance on me. And uh, now I'm just kind of continuing to learn that sphere and everything. You know, taking chances on people is something that I wish more people could say. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like there is such a... There's such an opportunity to bring in people from non-traditional backgrounds. I come from a non-traditional background okay. uh, as far as development goes and marketing because uh, I am technically an e-commerce specialist, but uh, my job nowadays is more uh, develop. I always tell people it's like one of two things, your choice. It's either marketing for developers or development for marketers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of your choice. Uh, I, I do both sides of that coin. But well, one of the things that you mentioned uh, is that the Happy Hearthstone podcast is the oldest podcast. And I know you're the third Hearthstone podcast host that I've had on the show. Uh, shout out to Wicked Good and Ridiculous Hat for, you know, coming onto the show and being so awesome. Real. And I know those are Really, I know those are two uh, people in in your community Mm -hmm. as well, Uh, but the Happy Hearthstone podcast wasn't originally your idea. You you kind of adopted that role. Go in go into detail about how you came into that position. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool story actually. So the guy who founded the podcast, his name was Josh Augustine, and he uh, he started it. He had been thinking about doing a podcast uh, for a while. He'd been a big game aficionado. I think at the time he was working. Um, Oh gosh, I think it was EverQuest. I think he was working on their like uh, game design side. And so big time gamer, full time role, all that kind of stuff. And had always been a huge Blizzard fan, um, especially World of Warcraft. So when they announced Hearthstone uh, way back when, I think it was 2014, somewhere around there. Uh, no, that's way too early. I have no clue when it was, but <laughs> so my apologies. <laughs> but when they announced it, he uh, he got on a mic that day, I think, or maybe the day after, and just decided, I'm going to try and be one of, if not the first. Technically, he wasn't the first. Some guy got on like their phone and recorded a, a two-minute segment or something and beat him to it on an RSS feed. But, um, but he got on, and they didn't end up really doing anything. So he couldn't say he was the first, technically, but he could say that he was the longest running. So, uh, so he started the show. Everything that I said about having the community involved and having different people on the show, that's kind of what he had always wanted. And so I, uh, I started playing Hearthstone back in, I want to say it was 2000. I, I, you can tell how good I am with time frames. It was 2014 for sure. So, um, so the game actually probably was 2013. It was uh, released. Anyway, 2014, I started playing and just fell in love with the game very quickly. I didn't have any friends who played the game. And so what do you do when you have a passion for something and no one else around you does? You go and find a podcast. And the Happy Hearthstone was actually one of the ones I started listening to and really enjoyed it. Heard that he had an open mic invitation and thought, well, I've done public speaking stuff for a while. I've 
I actually uh, majored in audio production in college and did some radio stuff. So I thought, well, I'm not like the least qualified person to ever get on there. So maybe he'd have me. So I, I asked him if I'd come on the show. He said, sure. Um, I went on and did an episode, I think it was 45 or something like that on the show and um, had a great time. And then it was a uh, somewhere a little less than a year later, I had enjoyed it so much that I thought, um, I thought, man, it would be really cool to start something like that. And uh, through an even longer story, ended up meeting a couple of other players who, who really wanted to start a Hearthstone podcast too. And we started one called Villains Chosen, which is still around today. I did that for about a year, a year and a half. And then uh, randomly, Josh Augustine sends me an email and says, hey, this is really weird. I know it's unexpected. I am not going to be able to do the show anymore. And I'm wondering if you'd be interested in taking it over. Uh, no pressure or anything like that. We were talking about taking risks. He had had me on the show one time and was like, you know, he seemed like he knew what he was doing and he he could be really good at this. So um, so I, I come to find out he actually got a job working at Blizzard, who's the company that makes Hearthstone. They also make World of Warcraft. So he uh, he became quest designer for them and just thought it's probably time. I probably shouldn't be doing a podcast about a game that my employer creates. So he passed off the reins to me in 2017. Uh, and I started doing the show then I, I had to leave my crew at Valence chosen, but, uh, to take on the mantle and carry on the torch for a show that has quite a legacy was huge. And honestly, like so much of what the show had always been was why I always listened to it, why I loved it. So it was a really, it was a very natural handoff in a lot of ways, I think, because uh, Josh and I think similarly about creating content for a community. And, you know, we don't necessarily care about the glitziest polish. We want it to sound good. We want it to be professional, <laughs> but we care more about the heart behind what's happening. And uh, so that's really been something that's been very important. So yeah, that's kind of the story from there to here. Uh, there's even more that happened in my in my time. The show had been uh, kind of hosted by a podcast network and that podcast network uh, halted existing. They were very generous and gave me all rights to the show. So I kept doing that. Um, that's where the Patreon came into account. And I continue to try and think creatively about what it means to push the envelope for connecting people, really helping people to grow in the game, because I believe that uh, you have more fun when you know what you're doing in the game. That's not necessarily true of every game, but I think with Hearthstone, you can throw some cards around and have a good time. But if you really know what you're doing and feel confident, there's some there's a level that kind of just harnesses in you this like, man, I, I can really do this. And it's uh, it, uh, that's no small part uh, due to community and due to content and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the Reader's Digest version or the really long essay. I don't know which, but uh, you asked me that question, I'll go on forever. <laughs> oh no, that, it was it was a perfect answer, and and you talked about some games are better when you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah Hearthstone is definitely one of those games. And and again, this is a developer podcast. Anyone that's listened to this show knows I don't limit my conversations to just developers. I bring all different uh, folks in to talk about what they're passionate about because I feel like I'm I'm technically not a developer by trade. So if I'm qualified to lead a developer-focused podcast, then us talking about Hearthstone has to glean something that will benefit the developer community. And, and I do believe that. Uh, but one of the things that you mentioned 
was the heart behind what's happening. And, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the Happy Hearthstone podcast. It's in the name. It's, it's the Happy Hearthstone. It's not the always aggravated at Hearthstone. <laughs> it's not the, you know, I'm going to throw my phone against the wall, Hearthstone. You don't need you me know, to get there. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, it has been a game that I've only been playing for a year now. Not, not even a year. I don't think, I think I'm like, 10 or 11 months into it. I started playing when my daughter was born around the same time I started a business you because you have all the time Lots in the world for things, in. right? <laughs> I know. But the thing that gets me is that the community has been, we'll say not the happiest. Um, and it, I feel like it goes in swings and there's a bunch of negativity around it. And I, I think that happens in a lot of different communities um, on a global scale, yeah. whether you're talking about uh, people in a certain leadership position in a tech in you know, in the tech role, people uh, you're talking about social networks with like Facebook and Twitter and everyone's angry all the sure. time uh, with those. How are you able to maintain the level of positivity that you have when it seems like the rest of the world isn't as excited as you are about that thing? That's a, that's a great question. Um, the, one of the, one of the short points is, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with like self, uh, self-evaluation, self-realization and like uh, the strengths finder tests, but with strengths finder, positivity is actually one of my top five. <laughs> so it is just something naturally. Um, and that test, uh, tests you for things that are more how you're naturally bent and positivity is one of the strengths that it doesn't necessarily mean your head is in the clouds that can be a downside to it but uh, it does mean that you tend to look at everything and spin it towards something that can at least be beneficial if not uh, truly good and so so it's kind of a cop-out just to say that but I'd also I think it'd be foolish to to not say it, that it is a part of my natural bend. Um, I, I think one of the things that actually helps, and this might, this might be, uh, or sound counterintuitive is recognizing that we humans aren't as great as we think we are. And what I mean by that is I hear, I hear a lot of people say like, oh man, humans are just naturally good. Like we all want to do good. And there's an element of that that I understand, but then I had a toddler and I didn't have to teach her to tell me no. I didn't have to teach her to tell me that she didn't want to do stuff. I didn't have to teach her uh, how to throw things or how to like uh, just behave poorly. Some of that maybe she caught on from dad or mom, but a lot of it is stuff that it's like, I don't even know that you've seen that anywhere. And so I think, um, I think for me, and this goes to a more of a philosophical bend, but I think that we humans tend to actually be at our core pretty selfish. I don't think that's what we all like really want necessarily, but I think it's just naturally part of who we are. Uh, we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our clan, our friends, our family, whoever that might be. But ultimately, no one else is going to protect ourselves. And a lot of us, I think, run to things that don't, especially during this day and age, uh, don't necessarily uh, 
deliver on what they promise. So things like social media, where you can say whatever you want and you will find people who affirm you and you will find people who uh, just crazily disagree with you. And you will find some level of satisfaction in the people who disagree with you because they don't know and you know, you know. So I I think that for me, recognizing that we all have this really, um, this really present inner demon that just wants to uh, wants to say nothing and no one else matters except for me and recognizing that that never truly fulfills anyone. I don't hear anyone on their deathbed saying, man, I wish I had more money. I wish I, uh, I was more famous. I wish, you know, it's always about, man, I wish I had spent more time with my loved ones. I'm, I wish I had made a difference in the world, Th- those kind of things. That's all outward and, and looking towards other people. So I think that that's what really connects us and, uh, and helps us as humans uh, is looking towards the towards what's going to help other people. And with a positivity strength in me, um, being able to share that is a big part. I mean, I don't, I don't care what your strengths are. You could be exactly the same personality as myself or KJ. You could be the exact opposite of one of us. But I, I really believe that every person has inherent value. And that the way that you've been created, the way that you are naturally bent can be extremely beneficial to the people around you if you learn how to do that. Some people just pick it up naturally. Uh, it, it just flows. Other people, it, it can be really difficult figuring out what am I gifted at? Um, how can I actually serve people around me? What do I really want to do? Um, but so for me, it all comes from that core belief, honestly, that creating something that's actually going to connect people, creating something that's going to help people to focus on what's really important. Um, because I, even when I think back to just my life in this game of Hearthstone, I don't remember the games where random stuff didn't go my way necessarily. I might remember one crazy one, especially what I really remember are the accomplishments I've had in the game. When I hit that new, you know, high tier, when I really felt like I understood a deck, when my friend watched me do this insane thing, you know, and I think that that's true, um, in, uh, in a lot of capacities. So, you know, you say a lot of other communities, there can be a lot of negativity. People can really get, uh, especially in day jobs and stuff, they can really get down on the system, the politics, leadership, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you look back on jobs and tend to remember the really sweet times. You know, when you had that coding night where you stayed up all night until you figured it out and you finally got that thing. And then uh, boss was really proud of you the next day or, you know, uh, or about coworkers that you really jived with and, and stuff. So, um, yeah, I know that that for sure was a long-winded answer, but, but it's a really big deal to me. I think it's, it's part of who we are as humans, not necessarily just, man, I want to make this video game thing a, a better place. Um, but it ends up being that in the niche that I've, uh, I've been able to be a part of essentially. You know, as you were talking about having that desire to to do something in the world that made me think of a book that i read a while back uh start by john acuff oh i love and john acuff he's so good yes <laughs> and and they were talking about the the like he talks about the timeline and right now i'm just on the amazon page and here's his and here's in the description it says your 20s are a period of learning mm-hmm. Um, this is where you try a thousand things, explore a multitude of interests, and discover what really motivates you. And then your 30s are a period of editing. And this is where you sort out your interests, where you discover what you care about and who you really are. Mm-hmm. 
And then your 40s are a period of mastering. This is the decade of narrowing your focus, honing your skill sets, and becoming an expert in your field. Uh, and then your 50s are a period of harvesting. Uh, that's where you reap the benefits of all of your hard work. And then your 60s are a period of guiding. And that's where you spend a decade mentoring and training others mm. in their road to success. And the thing that I feel like now is that I, I think that a lot of that is starting to shift downward. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I was definitely in a period of learning. I mean, I'm, I'm only 29. I'll be 30 in like a month. Um, my twenties were definitely a period of learning, but learning a lot about myself again, learning, you know, what motivates me and who, and who I am. And now that I'm in my thirties or about to be in my thirties, I feel like I'm already wanting to get to that level of guiding and helping others at least get to where I am now. Mm. And I feel like that's something that, you know, as you're talking about wanting to, to kind of, you're kind of wanting to be that light that the community needs in, in, in all reality. And, and full disclosure for anyone listening, I actually support the Happy Hearthstone podcast. Um, and the reason I do that isn't because it's a Hearthstone podcast. It's because, you know, what, what Andrew's doing on his show is creating a source of joy in a community that has been struggling to find mm -hmm. it. It seems like it almost has like a junkie mentality of, okay, we just got that expansion. Life sucks until I get the next expansion. <laughs> and then I'm good for like a week and a half. And then life sucks again until the next expansion. And, and you really are able to put things into perspective. Do you feel like, and, and I don't, I don't know how old you are. I don't, you don't have to tell me, but do you feel like you were in that period of learning or editing in your life and with this podcast? hundred percent. Yeah. I'm only a few years down the road from you. Not, not many at all. Um, one thing that came to mind though, when you were talking about how things are moving down, uh, is that Though your 60s, I, I mean, from what I can tell, it seems like as you get older, you kind of take on this sage role, I've heard it called also, where you're able to really instruct other people and help them to overcome things that they, they might not be able to see on their own. I really believe that there's an element of that to everyone, that we always have something to offer the people right behind us, essentially. You know, So you think about the high schooler mentoring the junior higher. The high schooler has no, has barely a brain. You know, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I had no clue what I was doing in high school and I didn't have much. But the truth is, even when you're in high school, you have something to offer because you made it through junior high, you know, uh, and especially if you had a heart to help out other students, um, other guys, other girls, other other people who are going through that really difficult phase, just being able to relate and say, man, you know, I remember when this happened to me. It helps someone not to feel like they're the only one. And so um, I I think that we all have something to offer one another, but it's it's pr it's a pretty common thing that age-wise, the generation uh the generation that's just just older has something to offer the people coming in right behind them. Um to, to even say because of the proximity they have to those times, here's what I can see and say. Uh now I, I can tell you I I have uh 
perspective on my high school years now that I'm 10 plus years removed from that, that I didn't have right out of it also. So that it, t- it kind of does get more and more valuable, but there's also a relatability that a high schooler has with a junior high that you and I might not have necessarily. So, um, so I, I, we all have something to offer. Um, I feel like uh, you know, I, I was really blessed that I got to take on this podcast and it be such a natural fit. Not everyone gets that opportunity. So I feel an even greater responsibility, honestly, to innovate, to create uh, things that are still in spirit with what the show has always been, but things that can create new opportunities that haven't necessarily existed. So we all have to think that with any measure of success or failure that we have, um, because uh, it's, yeah, it, that that honestly like is the definition of editing it sounds like where we're taking away the things that didn't work we're learning from the things that do and we're continuing to go 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 and uh hopefully improve as we continue definitely and and even with that that kind of takes me i guess to the last topic of the official podcast we still have an after show to get to which is going to be a, a blast but uh the you mentioned that the podcast at one point was being uh, taken care of by a larger network. Mm-hmm. You had people that I, I don't I don't know the full uh, details of the arrangement, but I, I would assume that you had people that would look at sponsors or you had people that would look at even just covering hosting costs. Right. Um, when that disappeared, instead of saying, well, funding's gone for it you know, best of luck. It, it was the longest running podcast. Now it's done. You decided to start trying to reach back to the community mm-hmm. and see if the community themselves would uh, arise to the cause and continue to, to lead this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, you know, uh, we talked, we talked like as you were, you know, getting the inner fire going and some of this stuff was happening. Right. But I, I wonder what gave you the courage to reach out to the people who enjoy listening to you and say, look, this thing doesn't come for free. You know, it comes with a cost and it's a very, literal cost there's a monetary cost to this there's also a time cost Mm -hmm. you know as as i do more editing for other podcasters and for content creators i start to realize like i spent all yesterday evening like i was taking care of my daughter up until bedtime and then after that i was editing podcasts until one in the morning and it's it's like I would, I would so much rather just be sleeping, mm, <laughs> you I know, than, than necessarily listening to someone else's audio. But at the same time, I understand that if I want to see the, my company get to where I want to see it, it comes at a cost. Mm. And you were able to effectively communicate that to your audience. What, what did you do? And, and again, what gave you the confidence to even ask? I think. It it started with kind of that harebrained thought of I wonder if I wonder if this is even possible, you know. And the best business ideas start as wonderings. I wonder what would happen if this product existed. If uh, if I created a restaurant like this, you know, whatever whatever that might be. Um, and so I I knew and listened to several other podcasts that did it that had at least some amount of 
income that covered their costs or even created some amount of profitability for them. And so I thought, well, I, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because I didn't create this thing. Um, much of that audience building and stuff had happened before me. So if now people are enjoying what they're listening to, maybe there's a chance that they would want to get involved. Um, and I, I really legitimately did not know what to expect. Um, but I thought I'll always wonder if I don't do this. Um, to be frank, there wasn't a lot of uh, room to go down essentially. Um, because th- that's the best place I, it, to be. It really is. <laughs> I had nothing to lose at that point because um, the the podcast network covered a lot of the mechanical things that I hadn't known up until that point, and they covered the cost of hosting it. But that was that was kind of it, pretty much. Um, and so they were great to work with, and I and I loved being able to do that. But in a way, when they decided to shut their doors and were generous to give me uh, room to breathe on it. I created new roads of opportunity that said, I think that I could actually do more now. And so um, a big thing for that, and I went down the road of Patreon of creating a a place where people could give different amounts. Um, But one thing that was really important to me from the very beginning was that it was more than just a tip jar, essentially. And uh, for some people and, and some of the shows that I support, uh, that I'm not able to really give much. And I get that everyone's at different places. But what I thought is if I can actually create true value for other people, then, um, then even if I can just help a few people with that, great, you know? And I was, I was blown away that in the first day, I think the costs of the podcast were taken care of and we were well on our goal, um, because the show had always been every other week up until then. Um, and people had always asked for weekly episodes and stuff. And I thought, well, if you guys want to make this worth my time and make it not as hard of an ask to my wife, honestly, to go jump in the closet once uh, every single week, essentially, uh, to record a show, um, then then we could do it. And the community uh, rallied around that and really wanted to do it. And so, um, yeah, that's it, it it has to start with seeing what's possible. And I, you know, I brought up strengths finders before, I guess that's a big thing to take away is if you don't know yourself, then you don't know how to, um, how to leverage what's in you naturally to do what you want to do. Uh, we can't all do the same things, but we are all capable of great things, I believe. And so for me, knowing that, uh, knowing that I, I think strategically and I think futuristically, uh, I can see what may not uh, what may not yet exist, but what could exist. And so I said, let's let's do this. And honestly, if no one had jumped in, I would have been perfectly fine with that. And I would have said the show is going to keep going exactly the same way it's been. I'm going to enjoy it and it's going to be great. Um, but my my call to arms really was if you guys want to see more of this stuff, if you want to see more of me, here's the here's the practical road for how we can get there. Uh, because I'm giving what I can give now, um, but I'd love to create more and we can do that together. So finding the right communication plan for doing that, uh, the right channels for doing it, and then the right means. Um, I, I've loved being able to create more content and doing a lot of it exclusively for people who are part of the inner fire, which is like my inner circle, essentially. Um, doing some coachings here and there and doing um, uh, what else? I I actually have even more in the <laughs> in the works right now, um, but I'll I'll keep that on hush. But but yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff essentially for those people 
um, it seems like it's really been a good fit. Um, and if they're enjoying the positivity, if they're enjoying somebody who creates, yeah, stuff that's, that's more about enjoying and growing, uh, then, you know, then we keep connecting with each other and world's a better place a little bit. And that's worth it. <laughs> I, I love it. And I, I remember when I subscribed, like, that feeling that I had, like, I had to, you know, I had to talk to my wife about it. I was like, uh, so look, uh, I, I want to do this thing. It's not the cheap. Cause I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I, I tell people like, um, there's, you know, one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite Bible verses is a man's worth his wages, sure. yeah. you know, and that's something that I believe in. And I know that the the podcast that we're talking on right now the podcast that has been running on and off for five years now that has helped developers i i sat on the phone with a developer last night a member of the community a premium member of the community someone that gives their money uh to continue seeing this happen and the thing that they said was your take your voice your attitude on this industry is something that we need more mm. of. And I have to agree, which is why when I heard like, okay, hey, Andrew's trying to, you know, raise funds and, and get this podcast going, you know, I believe me when I say like your voice, your attitude, your take on this industry. And, and if you, if people listening are upset that we're talking about, you know, a video game, swap out Hearthstone and put in whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. We need more positive oriented, like we need more positivity focused discussion on the things that we're passionate about, because if we don't have those things, eventually they'll no longer become passions. Mm -hmm. They'll be chores. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't like doing chores. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's the, that's the thing with, with most video games, with most career changes, it, it gets to a point where, you know, in the words of Marie Kondo, it no longer sparks joy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, and, and I think, I think to myself, like in my worst day, would I still want to go home and do this? Mm. And the answer is not always yes. I mean, that's obvious, but if I can't remember the last time that I wanted to do something, then I understand that there's a problem. And what I've noticed lately is that doesn't happen because we get tired of it. It happens because we get worn down by all the negativity associated with the thing that's around mm. it. So I, I say all of that to thank you so much again for being that positive voice, for being that, that beacon of excitement and joy and for allowing me to use my coaching time <laughs> to do this podcast. So well, it's my pleasure because we've been meaning to do it for a long time. Um, but uh, honestly, man, if one person is telling you like, like the guy who's giving to this podcast told you last night that your voice matters, that there's, there's purpose in it, that it's creating conversation or thought uh, that is beneficial, then I, I know you don't need me to tell you this, but it's, it's all worth it, you know? And I think that uh, 
if you're in a place, if you're listening to this now and you aren't hearing that from somebody, don't take it as a diss to you that you can't do it. Take it as a spark of encouragement to say, what can you do that can lead to that? I, I recently went through the seven habits, seven habits of highly effective people, which is just an insanely challenging book for every human being. And one of the big points in there, one of the habits is beginning with the end in mind. If you want to make an impact on somebody, you have to think five steps ahead to what you want that end product to look like, and then walk your way back and think through how can I get there? Because it may be as simple as being kinder to a coworker. It may be as simple as taking ownership of a project that you know no one really wants to do. It, it might be as simple as coming home and actually doing those chores for your spouse or loved one because you know it's going to make a difference for them. Um, but regardless, you have to take some steps to move towards that. Uh, you don't you don't receive those words that are uh, honestly more fuel for the fire. So thank you for that. Um, but you don't get there without creating, doing, acting. And so choose one small thing that you can act towards today, um, whether it's in your industry or with somebody that you love. Uh, and make a difference because we're all capable of great things. And it very rarely happens just because we were sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Not that that's a bad thing, uh, but it happens more often when we say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to think through it uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, make the world a better place. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Before we wrap up and jump into our after show, let everybody know how they can find out more about the Happy Hearthstone podcast and all the things that you're doing. Definitely. So you can, uh, if you do like the world of Hearthstone, please come and hang out at thehappyhearthstone.com or you can search in whatever podcast app you're listening to right now for the Happy Hearthstone and it'll pop up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew is Living, which I'm normally sharing uh, either Hearthstone related things or the latest brewery uh, that I've been to because I do like a good local brew uh, or or honestly mountain uh, mountain scenarios. I may be a little bit more indoorsy, but uh, I do live in a place where it's beautiful outside. So um, and yeah, that's really uh, that's really most of it for now. Awesome. Well, I got to give my spiel at the end of this. So as Andrew said, your voice matters. And that is what Pitt has been about. You know, uh, when we first started the podcast, uh, wow, back in like 2014 or something like that, I think it was 2014 when the podcast first started, we, the, the tagline was helping people in tech be more productive. And we, we very quickly changed that to helping people in tech be more. And we realized that while the show is called Productivity in Tech, it's more about having that positive feeling, that ability to say, I can do a thing. Not that I should or shouldn't do a thing, but I have the ability to. And providing the community with practical advice to do that. And if you're listening to this podcast once a week and you're getting that little dosage of positivity and motivation and you want more of that, we have ways that you can do that. You can come and be a member in our Slack channel. Now, we're actually going to be trying something new. If you know anything about Pitt, we're always trying new things. The Slack channel is going to be closing to new applicants at the end of the month. 
So right now, I'm going to actually, we're recording this on the 20th. It's going out on the 21st. So you have nine, 10 days to join the Slack channel. And there's a reason why we're closing it because we're about to do a bunch of thinking, scheming, figuring out, building to create a community that works for its community members. So if you want to be a part of that, if you want to get that that dopamine hit of encouragement and excitement, you have, absolutely have to go to productivityintech.com, sign up for the newsletter, and when the newsletter comes out later this week, it's going to have a link that invites you to the Slack channel. If you do not do that, I cannot guarantee that you will be able to join. <laughs> so if you want that, go productivityintech.com. On the, on the front page, the newsletter field's right there. It's the biggest thing you can see. Sign up today. And of course, if you are doing something and you need some help with that, if you're doing a podcast, if you're doing video content, if you're trying to write in your blog, if you're trying to do newsletter marketing, or you just have an app and you want to help tell the world about it, then consider becoming a client of Productivity in Tech. One of the things that we focus on is helping get that message across. And we don't do it in a way that is cheap or inauthentic. We look at who the audience is. We look at who the the presenter is. And we make your voice, we amplify it. You know, a lot of people talk about when you're editing, you're, you're modifying things. We're not trying to modify your voice or what your message is. We're just trying to amplify it so that your community gets the best of you possible. Again, all that information, productivityintech.com. And we do have premium memberships, but I've already done enough proselytizing right now. So I am going to now thank the people that helped make this podcast a reality. Thank you to Nadira Mawali for the use of his music, A Hustler in Spite of Myself, for the intro and outro music. Thank you to Icon Pro Audio for the generous donation of audio equipment. Uh, if you've noticed that it sounds better, let me know because they want to know. And of course, thank you to all of the premium members at ProductivityInTech.com. Go to the website, click the memberships button for more information on that. And for myself or Andrew and for Productivity in Tech, I am Jay Miller. I hope we have been productive. I'm not even going to say I hope. I know we've been productive. But now we are off to the after show.